and again, like I said, it's recording the video, but it'll just be the audio. It won't. That'd be, I mean, if, they want see, if they want to see all this. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like you just go on to see the podcast uploaded. He did video, not just audio. He lied what to me. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Paige, thanks so much for being on this episode of the podcast. I know you're busy right now, and we'll get into that. But uh, thanks again for taking the time to do this this morning. Thank you for having me, Ben. I appreciate it. Of course, of course. So let's just kind of start off. I want to focus a lot on where you are now, but I want to kind of lead up to what brought you to this point. Um, so you grew up in a small town. If you want to kind of just, how was it growing up? Family, friends, social events, how was it growing up? Well, growing up in Harnett County is, you know, a luxurious life in all of its glory. <laughs> Y'all Wake County kids had a completely different life. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the typical life of growing up in a small town, um, I, I grew up on a farm and so, and I rode horses and so I was very much into the whole outdoor scene and at the, the beginning wasn't super focused on music it was all just kind of all these other things that were happening and um, like I said I was very involved in showing horses and in 4-H and and everything that kind of came with that and I was a nerd about horses and so um, my whole childhood was around a, a completely different side other than music which was kind of crazy and then um, right when I was about 10 years old I had kind of started expressing some interest in music. Um, I had been taking a few piano lessons. My older sister was taking piano lessons, and so I wanted to be like her. And so I took some piano lessons and really kind of realized, well, hey, okay, maybe I can do something other than just showing horses all the time. And so uh, kind of got into that. And then when I was 10, my grandpa bought me a guitar for Christmas. And uh, he had seen how much I enjoyed music and enjoyed, mainly just enjoyed people's attention because I was that kid. And um, <laughs> so he was like, okay, well, what happens if we put a guitar in this little girl's hands? And so he gave me a guitar for Christmas and pushed me to get into guitar lessons. And so I kind of started picking up on those. And then that following Easter, my grandpa actually passed away. And so that was kind of, I took it as my sign from him and just kind of, you know, the bigger beings of the world that, um, you know, maybe music was something that I needed to at least give time into and kind of see where it went because my grandpa had believed in me so much and seen, you know, seen something in me that there was. And so uh, that was really when I kind of put my head down and dug into guitar lessons and music as a whole and started playing shows, whether it was just local festivals or fairs or at church or birthday parties or whatever it was. And uh, I instantly fell in love with music. Like I said, I already loved the attention because I was a kid who always needed attention. But um, I loved performing and being in front of people. And uh, I tell people that was when I kind of caught the music bug. And um, it just kind of went from there and I just, just kept you know, obviously still stuck with old things, but music kind of became my front focus on everything and just went from there. Awesome. So when you first started uh, getting more into the catching that music bug, did you do a lot of covers or did you write some of your own stuff at that time or a healthy mix? 
It was all covers. You know, I hear all these kids or, you know, all these artists who are like, yeah, I was like Taylor Swift and I was writing songs in my bedroom at the age of 13 about the recent boy who broke my heart or whatever. And I don't know, it just never really crossed my mind that, oh, you could also be creating music as well. I just loved, I was nerding out so much on the music that I loved so much. And myself, even as a, you know, 12, 13, 14 teenager, I still loved classic country music so much. So I was delving into all of the Loretta Lynn and all of the, um, you know, Tammy Wynette and all of that kind of stuff and just trying to emulate everything that I heard on those records and, um, you know, trying to learn as many songs that I could because whenever I was going places, they'd be like, oh, can you sing the, the Miranda Lambert song or can you sing the whatever? So it just never crossed my mind. Also, I guess I didn't feel like I was living a life that was worthy of writing songs about at that time. <laughs> <laughs> no really big heartbreak to the age of 12 that led yeah. you to crying yeah, over your guitar that uh, made me want to yeah nothing that gave me teardrops on my guitar <laughs> love it but i'm sure you've sang the song before i actually did not i've never what? really been a huge swifty fan mm. i don't mm. know i appreciate her as a businesswoman so much and love yeah. what she has done to build herself up but i can't get on that that train <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Like I said, I do. I kind of respect her too. I know a lot of people hate the whole changing her genre and stuff like that, but she's been around for a long time and don't see it going away. So she's promoted herself. Yeah, she's made a good way. career. She is. She is the modern day Dolly. Honestly, I feel like Dolly Parton made everything of herself, and Taylor Swift has done the exact same thing. Mm. So not even Miley Cyrus. Isn't isn't Dolly's? Uh, isn't that her goddaughter, Miley Cyrus? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess Taylor is more well-known than Miley is currently, but oh, well. Props to them both. They're yeah. both, they're both good. They're good both way ahead of me, so I <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. But hey, but you're, you're on your way up. Uh, so uh, when did you kind of first starting writing songs? Was it, was it before, was it in high school and middle school or was it kind of after? Because I don't want to jump ahead too far, but no, so I didn't start writing songs until I moved to Nashville. Okay, so let's get into the question of why you chose. Because obviously, you're Belmont, correct? Yeah, is where you went. So, um, were there any other other choices besides Belmont, or was Belmont always on your mind once you caught the music bug for school? Belmont was my number one choice, and I was gonna fight, scratch, and claw to make it happen for me. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, as the top A planner person that I am, I needed to have backup options. So um, I had also applied to NC State here back at home. And uh, I think UNCW maybe, I don't really know. I can't remember at that point, that was, that was a while ago. But <laughs> you know, I, I knew I wanted to make music happen and that was my only choice, but um, the planner and um, probably mostly my parents behind me, they were like, okay, well, you need to have a second option. I think every child of a kid who, or every parent of a kid who is into music probably is always had that conversation at one point or another. It's like, okay, but <laughs> if this cute little dream doesn't work out, what is your real option? How are you going to get off of my payroll and be on <laughs> your own? Exactly. And so it was like, okay, I can go to Nashville. If I get into Belmont, I can go to Nashville, do music, still get a business degree. Or if I don't, 
then I'll still be able to play music and I'll just stay around home. And I was, I had all intents and purposes of I was going to get a marketing degree and I was just going to, you know, do whatever. Mm. So, that makes sense. Belmont worked out. It did work <laughs> out. Yeah. So uh, next question. So you're, you're in Nashville. Um, you talked about how, you know, you grew up in a small town where you were probably clearly the best, you know, performer, singer of your group, right? Because you're kind of surrounded by people that you knew, smaller town. Was it kind of a shock when you got to Nashville and realized around every block there was people that were not saying better than you, but you realized that I'm no longer Paige Johnson of Andrew. I'm Paige Johnson of Nashville. Oh, yeah. It went from big fish in a little pond to a little tiny minnow in the vast ocean. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, there was a complete gut check and like, you know, humble you right down whenever you get into town. And I didn't know anybody, but you get there. And even at school, there were, it, it seemed like there was already this whole clique of people who were kind of on this level above that they were already, you know, the Instagram famous kids who had gotten to school or um, they had already had connections within the town and were, you know, going and having all these meetings that, you know, we all wanted, but we knew that we were going to have to take time to work up to. And they were already getting that kind of stuff. And so it was very intimidating because, you know, <laughs> you're getting into town, you know, fresh off the bus and you're already getting kind of like pushed down your first time and getting pushed down to the bottom. And so it was definitely frustrating. And I mean, I still have those moments, you know, five years after getting into town, but um yeah it was frustrating and probably you know there was definitely some times at the very beginning where I was like oh what did I do why have I done this to myself <laughs> I just need to go home I don't belong here um but you know you just have to kind of push through those with anything you have to push through those doubts and insecurities and get to the other side of it awesome yeah, so that kind of goes into, um, that can help with writing. You know, you talked about before you grew up, you feel like you didn't have much to write about, but now you're coming across all these obstacles. You're by yourself, you're away from your family, different state. Um, have, how was the process when you first started writing a song? Because I know there's people who do different, some people are like, her Lady Gaga said she wrote a song in 10 minutes on a notepad and she was done. So some people take longer. So what's kind of your process with writing once you got to Nashville? Yeah, well, that's annoying that she can do that for <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I first moved to Nashville, exactly like you said, I'd finally gotten out of my own and I was, uh, you know, over 500 miles away from my family for the first time ever. I was living in a big city for the first time ever. And I was going through a lot of things, you know, moving to college and starting to live life normal and you have a few heartbreaks and all this kind of stuff. And so there were finally things that I felt like were worth writing about and, also probably getting around that whole creative energy just within the town, but especially within my school uh, was just so full of so many different songwriters and musicians and everything. And so um, starting to live that and then starting to be around that. And so I started writing songs just in my dorm room because I did not want to fail and, and sound like an idiot in front of other people. Um, so it started out as that, and they were very, very awful songs that I hope never see the light of day. Um, <laughs> and I've probably pushed out of my memory, uh, far, but, um, so it started as that. And then I quickly realized that not only within the whole Belmont circle, but just Nashville as a whole, the whole town is a songwriting town, but it's a co-writing town. And so 
um, it's, you know, writing with another one other person or writing with two or three other people and just kind of bouncing ideas off of each other and trying to, you know, make the best song that it can be. Just like with anything else, if you have, you know, two or three other eyes on any kind of project that you're working on at work, you're obviously going to have somebody to catch the things that probably didn't make as much sense or the things that probably wouldn't have worked out in the end. And so um, I quickly had to learn to kind of push my ego aside and push my worries aside and put myself into a room with two or three other people and be able to sit there and say all the stupid stuff that I knew probably wasn't going to make it into the song, but that, you know, you kind of have to get out bad stuff before the good stuff starts coming. And, um, you know, that's within the three hours or whatever that I'm in a write. And that's also over years spans of time, you have to write the bad songs to kind of get to the good songs and to learn how to craft songs together. And it's, um, as much of a creative process that it is, it's still, a learned process and there's still um you know certain rules that you have to kind of go through to create a, a normal commercial song and um to kind of learn how to get to that you know the hit songwriter level that we're all trying to achieve awesome so that's cool because i i was curious how the environment was when you're competing because you're in nashville you're like in a hot spot for country music along with other types of music is it um so it's not just cutthroat every every person for themselves there is sense of, there's a sense of community right that you get absolutely um and that's why i love nashville so much because it is so much codependent upon other people and creatives and even within the town i mean there's you know there's a lot of people don't realize there are people who are strictly just songwriters within the town. And so their salaries every single year are just to go into a publishing house that they are hired by. And their job is to create songs for artists, you know, three or four days out of the week. And then there's artists who are also crossing over as songwriters who are going in and writing for themselves, but also writing for other people. And um, then there's also artists and artists that are getting in a room that are, you know, both songwriters as well. And so they're just, going back and forth between, okay, who are we going to write for today? Or maybe we just write the song that comes out and we see who it, you know, who it fits better as an artist and then your whole, um, you know, branding as a whole. And so it can kind of go both ways. And I love Nashville for that because New York and LA are not as, um, as community centered. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I can say that it's a little more cutthroat there. Gotcha. Are there any other cities besides, I know you just mentioned LA and New York, but are there other cities besides Nashville where someone might say, I'm going to go pursue country music or is Nashville kind of the go-to? Uh, I mean, obviously Nashville is the biggest go-to. There's a, a big scene in Texas and Texas country music is it, honestly, it's whole genre in itself. Mm -hmm. And people, Texas country artists can literally just tour around Texas all year for their whole careers and make mm -hmm plenty of money yeah. um, so there's this whole scene between like Austin and Dallas um, there and Houston that people just kind of stay in and then um, in Muscle Shoals in Alabama so mm. it's like three four hours south of Nashville there's kind of a big um, country not as much like commercial country that you hear on the radio but more kind of like the rootsy country kind of stuff um, that happens down there, but those are, you know, the main places. Gotcha. Well, I had no idea about the Muscle Shoals. I mean, I figured Texas had something because, I mean, it's Texas, so it makes sense, but 
they have uh, every, their own little country. They have everything they need there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your North Carolina country out of Texas. Just, yeah. We're good. <laughs> so uh, when you were starting to approach the graduation of Belmont, you're realizing like, crap, like, what am I going to do? Like, we're approaching the point where I have to be, you know, a big girl and I'm graduating, got to figure out what I'm going to do. So what was kind of the game plan when you, you know, finally approached the graduation of Belmont? What was kind of your little goal for the next year or so after you graduated? Uh, yeah, so I think I kind of set expectations in myself of, okay, I'm going to, because I graduated a semester early. So I was like, okay, I at least have an extra semester to kind of figure out my, my life and give myself a little bit of grace. Um, and then after that, I was thinking, okay, if I give myself, you know, a year of really hitting music super hard and, um, busting my tail on all these other part-time side jobs and figuring it all out, uh, and just see if anything happens, then, you know, maybe we'll reassess at the end of next year. But if I spend a year doing this and, nothing comes of it or I don't see that there's been any growth and I'm just kind of still at a standstill, then maybe I need to reconsider. And, um, I knew I had a business degree in my hand, so I knew I could go and do whatever. Um, so right after that, I graduated in December of 2018. And so I went home, I gave myself a little bit of a break, went home for Christmas. And then I went back to Nashville in January of, uh, 2019 and really hit the ground running as hard as I could. I was booking rights three and four days a week um, with as many new people that I was that I could find. I made myself go out to uh, live shows, usually two or three nights out of the week and find new people and connect with them and try to write with them or play shows with them or whatever. Um, just because Nashville, you never know who you're gonna meet and it's such a networking town. And um, I made myself reach back out to all of my old intern bosses who were within the industry just to say, uh, hey, you know, I, I know, you know, I used to work with you on the music, on the work side, but I just want to let you know that I'm, um, you know, starting to do music and stuff. And if you ever have time to just go grab coffee and talk through stuff, or if I could ever send you over music and just listen to it and give me feedback, I'd love that. Um, and then it was after, you know, doing all that and writing so much, then I knew I wanted to record a project because I'd never really done that before. And so, and I've never had a physical CD to be able to sell it at shows and stuff. And so I knew that was something that I wanted to get done in that first year, just to kind of be a, a gauge as to how it was going. And so, um, I got into music and I got into the studio and recorded four songs and put it out on an EP and, um, you know, just kept kind of grinding through that. I don't know how much you want me to get into this. I don't know. Tell me <laughs> Keep it going. I love it. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, I recorded the project in spring, um, of that first year. And then, uh, I started working with a couple of people in Nashville that I kind of expressed interest in just kind of being a mentor and um, that they believed in the music that I was playing. And so uh, I joined together with them kind of in a, a manager role and they've been kind of helping me through this since then. And uh, they were getting me different gigs around and, um, you know, getting me in rooms that I probably thought I never would be in meeting different people. And, 
uh, really kind of helped spur all of that momentum at the very beginning that was definitely um, made things happen so that I didn't quit at the end of that last year. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, I put out my first single and I went to LA and I recorded the music video for that and got to put that out as my first music video. And so um, all these things just kind of started happening. And then I got to go on radio tour and go all around the country and visit radio stations that were playing the song. And so, um, yeah. So then at the end of last year, I just kind of sat back and, and did a whole, you know, retrospection uh, time and, and looking at things. And um, I kind of talked to my parents. I was like, if I can, I really want to keep going because this is, you know, I finally felt like I was gaining some traction. And I mean, I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and this whole music career is just going to shoot off. I know that it takes a lot of time. And so um, I felt like there had been enough, you know, moving forward that it was worth kind of giving it more of a shot. And, and you know, I still love music and playing so much. And so it was going to break my heart if there ever was anything. And I think that's kind of what made me want it so bad and work so hard for it was because I loved it so much. And so I was going to make it happen. However, whatever it that's took. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, it's awesome. I was going to ask you like the importance of not taking a break, but is it just this passion and that this, this traction that you've gotten, you've realized you've probably seen plenty of people of your friends who have, you know, unfortunately come and go in the music industry has people like that has it just has it all this fire and this traction just made you want to keep pushing forward because i feel like it's if you take a break i feel like it's it's just all going to go away right absolutely like with anything it's like when you start getting momentum that's when you i mean you work your tail off to build up that momentum but then it's that there's never a time where you can stop and just take a breath because once you get that you kind of have to go full steam ahead and so um that was kind of the signaler to me that, okay, this is something that I need to be doing because even as much as I was pushing and as much as I was, um, as much work that I was putting into it, I was never getting burnout and I was never dreading having to do anything. You know, I wake up every day and I'm just like ready. Okay. Let's hit some emails today. Let's make some phone calls today. Let's write some good songs today. Let's get into the studio. And I was always planning, you know, three, four five months ahead in what I want it to look like and what I want this, you know, whole music career to look like. And so that was kind of my, and it, it still is every single day that like, as long as I'm waking up every day and I'm excited about what I'm doing and I'm eager to make more things happen so that I can get to this next level that I know I'm doing the right thing and um, that there's no other option for me. I know I would be so, I would be bored out of my mind if I was stuck behind a desk from nine to yeah. five every single day. So yes. this job is the best thing ever for me. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am too. That's why like not I can't I can't do a nine to five. Like I'll work long weekends randomly here and there to make myself happy as opposed to just nine to five. It's important, you know, and I feel like I can relate with that a lot. You know, we're both kind of more artistic type people and some people are like you need to get nine to five. You need to work 40 years nine to five and get your pension. And it's like, no, I'd, I'd rather, no, I'm good. <laughs> if I'm paying my bills and I'm happy uh, and, you know, I'm not dreading. Uh, if I don't get the Sunday scaries every week, then I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I know, the, those Sunday scaries were the worst. So I'm glad, <laughs> glad that's over. Yeah. In fact, we're recording this on a Monday. So it's like our, you, you know, one of our first things today was, 
not answering 20 emails. It was a slow podcast. Yeah. Well, let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the, the song that, you know, you traveled around the music video, that was the, um, watered down whiskey, right? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Which is a great song, by the way. Um, although I like whiskey just straight on the rock, you know, a little on the rocks here and there is good, but I like, I, I know there's more to the message behind just actual watered down whiskey, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to dive too far into it because we can, we can spend so much time on that, you know, and, um, I've in fact, plenty of you, comments about it. Yeah. Good yeah. and bad. Well, yeah, just, to, well, because you know, the whole message is don't water down the whiskey, like, you know, yes. give it to me straight. Yes. Um, in life that metaphorically give it to me straight, but yeah. I am, am a wine girl myself. And so me writing and, and pretty much all country songs have whiskey in them for some reason or another. And so I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to write this song. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that actually, and that actually is a good question for me. Cause I feel like you with marketing, you know, kind of certain, like not algorithms, but certain things that are hot, like, hot hot topics hot hot buttons to push and country yeah. music you know um do you say sometimes when you're creating songs that sometimes they're more for the like the publicity side more so than you know what's coming straight from the heart not that it's coming straight from the heart but i feel like a lot of artists sometimes you kind of have to play a, a middle ground of making it like what i like and also what's gonna you know get downloads oh, yeah oh absolutely there's you know, every single day that I walk into a write, there's always the tug of like, okay, do I write what I really want to write today, which is like the slow, sad, heartbreaking stuff, or do I try to write a commercial song today that could possibly be played on country radio? And then, you know, and that also happens whenever I go into the studio. And like I said, I grew up listening to classic country music. And so I love the typical um you know like, like the 90s country production which to a lot of people they're like i don't care okay, it's music but there's so much of a different like even the way that like drummers hit the snares and the way that the different instrumentation and the way that you know the beats are made and stuff and i just love all the production of the older stuff as well just because i listen to it so much and so even when we get into the studio with my producer, he's like, all right, Paige, I know what you really want this to sound like, but how commercial can we go with this so that yeah. your team doesn't come back to me and they're yelling at me like, we can't do anything with this. We can't take this to country radio. They're not going to play it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just like with any kind of art, there's always, you know, what do you really want to, what do you want to really want to make and what is going to be something that is sellable? Mm-hmm. And find a, a balance of that because at the end of the day, you know, I have to tell myself at the end of the day, whether I'm leaving a right or whether I'm leaving the studio, it's like, okay, but Paige, if any of this goes how you plan it to go, you're going to have this one song that is going to be the song that you're going to have to sing the rest of your life. And you're going to have to listen to the rest of your life. And you need to make sure that that is something that you can live with and um, that you're going to enjoy having to sing that song every single night for the rest of your life. And mm -hmm. so, never create something just for the sheer fact that other people are going to like it or buy it or listen to it or whatever, you know? <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so going to your most recent song, just like you that came out, um, it's not about whiskey. It's more, <laughs> it's, uh, but, uh, but before we dive into it, um, how is it, 
I guess it's kind of like goes back to the other question too, is that um, do you have to kind of put away your personal relationships when you write these songs? Sometimes, you know, a lot of these songs, even like with Karen to one other big artist too, a lot of times like they're in relationships and stuff, but they also have to write songs about the other stuff. So is it kind of, is it kind of hard sometimes or is it, or have you developed this good block where you can block away personal relationships when you write these songs about struggling relationships? Yeah. I mean, you definitely, you have to learn how to do it. And so at the beginning of writing songs, I was just sheerly pulling from um, personal experiences and because that was really all that I knew how to do. But then as you keep writing and you, you know, learn the, the art and the craft of songwriting, you kind of learn to create your own stories. And, you know, most of the stuff that I write about comes from personal experience, whether or or outside experiences that I'm hearing in my personal life. Um, but then they are very embellished in the songwriter way as, you know, any, any creative person is doing. And, and then there are songs that are, you know, most definitely about your life and then some that are a mix of both. And so you just kind of have to learn that. <laughs> and I think anybody that's in a relationship with a songwriter or a creative in general, they just have to sacrifice that, that, <laughs> you know, some part of your whole life is going to be in pieces and parts of everything that you create. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's always kind of a mix of both. And there's definitely some that are way more fiction and then some that are way more autobiographical. Um, and this one that just like you is kind of a mix of both, um, with it together. So. Awesome. So this song, just like you kind of talk us through what's happening. Yeah. You know, it's going to be released on CMT, the music video, uh, kind of take us back to when you wrote that song, finished it and what brought us to this point today. Yeah. So I actually wrote this song in April of 2019, um, with a friend of mine that I met at Belmont and, uh, she's been a dear friend of mine for five years now. And we've always written together. She was, um, I always joke with her. She's from California, like an hour North of LA, but she was one of the most country loving people that I ever met at Belmont. And she's just been a constant for writing and going to concerts and just a friend throughout all of this. And so, uh, the particular day that we wrote this, I'd had the idea, I had the first verse of just like you've written down in my phone. And um, I texted Reagan and I was like, uh, if you're free today, I'd love to try to write. Um, I have this idea, but I just really don't know where it's going to go. And I know you know how to write love songs and you're the person that I go to to write love songs with all the time. And so um, I went over to her house and um we finished writing the song in a couple of hours. It just came out very easy. And um, I always tell people that whenever you leave a write, you know kind of whether the song is just a good song or whether it's something that, you know, has, um, you know, is viable for something else in the future. And so uh, I left there just feeling like we had something special. And that next day I was actually going into the studio and meeting with my producer. And, uh, so he sat me down that day. He's like, okay, well play me some new stuff that you've been working on. Uh, so we can just kind of get a feel for, you know, what we want to take into the studio with the band and everything. And that was the first song I played him. And after I finished, he was like, okay, well, 
I don't care whatever else you're going to play today, but that song needs to be something that we record and something that we kind of chase down. And so we ended up taking it into the studio and just doing um, a guitar vocal demo, uh, what they call, of the song with just him and I and just trying to get a feel for the song before we took it into the studio with the band and um, still fell in love with it, even in that very raw form. And then we recorded it with a whole band and um, took it through and sat on the song, the recorded version that we had for over a year, just kind of figuring out when was the right time to release it. Cause I knew I wanted to release it, but, um, and I had plans on releasing it earlier this year, but then when everything kind of shut down, I knew, um, you know, as the song mother of this song, I knew that I, I wanted it to have its right time. And I didn't feel like that was the right time because I was going to release it in early April. And um, I just didn't feel like with the shutdown that it was, um, I, it felt insensitive to me at the time to be putting out music. And I also knew that in realistic terms that it probably wouldn't get as much traction and I knew I wouldn't be able to, um, you know, get as much media coverage and everything with it. So um, me and my team, we decided to just kind of sit on it for a little while and we ended up putting it out in October finally. And uh, once I was able to get back to Nashville and safely record the music video for it and um, get some other things around it done with it, um, then we finally put it out in October and We've been riding that whole wave and it's playing on country radio now and the music video, like you said, is coming out on Thursday on CMT, which I'm so excited about. And, um, it's finally getting its life <laughs> over a year and a half later. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense though. Cause I had, um, you know, I had a, a friend of mine on last season's episode, uh, season of Where to Next, and he was an electric violinist. And he's he's worked with a lot of musicians and stuff. And he talked about how, like, there's no such thing in the music world as overnight success. It may look like that, but it's stuff that's been lasting for years and years and years that finally you get, you know, like this song you've been sitting on for over a year. Some people just think, oh, sure, that this summer, and she's putting it out this fall. So, you know, this is a long time development that people, some people just don't realize like the, the hustle it takes and the grind it takes to get just one song out, you know, and it's, and it's all about the timing and everything. And um, so uh, will it be, will it be on the CMT network online or where, where can people get more information on the premiere of the video? Yeah. It'll be playing on their TV network, which I'm very mm -hmm. excited about. Um, I'm supposed to be getting times um, actually today for all of it to be able to let people know about it. And I'll be posting all of that, but um, I believe it'll be playing on the network for the next week or so, um, kind of on an, a regular rotation. And then after that, it'll just kind of be sporadic, but um, it'll also be released on my YouTube on Thursday as well. And um, kind of riding that whole wave with it. And I'm just, I'm glad to finally get it out. Cause like I said, we, we shot the video back in, august and so it's been a while since we did that we had to go through the whole editing process and um you know then pitching with all of that so yeah like you said it's not just an overnight thing it's it's a lot of sitting and waiting and holding secrets and and waiting <laughs> some more and <laughs> <laughs> a long overnight overnight success yes so uh you know so let's let's you know just look out real quick you know you see this video's coming out thursday 
best case scenario, it blows up, everything goes well. How do you see everything moving forward? Do you kind of just want to keep doing what you're doing and see how long this wave can ride or? Yeah, I mean, right now, so I'm actually, I'm putting out a Christmas song on Friday. I figured a music video isn't enough on Thursday, but I'm putting out a Christmas song on Friday. Um, so I'm doing that. And then, you know, right now the whole world is just kind of trying to figure out life until we can, you know, fingers crossed, get a vaccine and things can get back to normal soon. Mm -hmm. But um, so for now, I realistically see it as being able to just get some more music out into the world. Uh, that is one thing that we can still do safely. And so I was able to go back to Nashville a couple of weeks ago when we recorded a couple of songs that I'm really, really excited about. And so we're hoping to kind of get a couple of newer singles out um, at the beginning and towards the middle of next year and, you know, playing as many shows that I can given the circumstances right now. Um, and just hoping that, once things are back to normal that we can kind of hit the ground running. Um, I've, I kind of beat myself up at the beginning of this, just knowing all the things that had gotten canceled and being really bummed out about all this. But I kind of had to remember that it wasn't just me that was getting this whole roadblock just stuck right in front of me. And, um, but it was every single artist, every single, you know, creative, everybody in every industry that's kind of been put at this standstill right now. And so it's not like anybody's getting ahead of me, yeah. but, um, yeah, so just trying to be patient is the main thing and moving forward with that and hopefully being able to get back out on the road towards the end of 2021 and uh, bring more music. Awesome. Paige, that was awesome. Again, Paige King Johnson. Look for her stuff on the Facebooks, on the YouTubes and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, we, we look forward to seeing more from you. And again, just check out all of her social medias. Um, what are they again? Instagram and everything? Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, it's all just at Paige King Johnson. Perfect. We'll look for that um, and look for a music video on Thursday and for hopefully more years to come. Thank yes. you so much, Paige. Thank you.